The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris. And Marty. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. There we go. Hi, everybody. It's been in my head for the past two days. I I don't blame you. Hello. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast. I'm Marty. And I'm Christoph. We are live in not Japan. No, no. (laughs) Unlike many a podcast I've been listening to this week, we, we are not in Tokyo. Now one day, yes. one day yes. I will uh, I will go to Japan and see some uh, some NJPW. But uh, today was not that day, nor was yesterday. Oh, no. uh, normal next year be probably, uh, but hopefully somewhere down the line. Exactly, exactly. We are uh, at the tail end of Wrestle Kingdom weekend. We've got New Year's Dash in the wee hours of the mm-hmm. morning, but uh, the the pinnacle of Japanese professional wrestling is in the books. Two nights at the Tokyo Dome, 40,800 people officially on night one, 30,000 and change on night two. So 70,000 people checked out New Japan Pro Wrestling over the course of the past two days. There were and that's uh, just in person. Yeah. So thousands and millions, perhaps. Probably not millions, yeah. but uh, hundreds of hundreds thousands Hundreds of thousands, worldwide. definitely possible. Uh, watching it streaming over the web, whether you're on uh, New Japan World or foolishly paying $50 on Fight. Uh, <laughs> I, I have no idea who that's for. Got to be perfectly honest. Um But, hey, maybe their feed wasn't as jittery. We'll, we'll have to find out. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh it's in the bag. There were ups. There were downs. Champions were crowned. A double champion was crowned. There were twists, turns, a little bit of everything for everyone. Uh, do you want to jump right into both nights? Do you want to very quickly talk about the week that was before it? What What do you want to get into, Chris? Um, yeah, I guess we can get all the other stuff out of the way. Uh, all, yeah. the, all the quick little blurbs from the West, rest of the week uh, going back to Monday Night Raw with uh, what is either being – uh, called the greatest segment in pro wrestling history or the very worst segment in pro wrestling history being the wedding of Bobby Lashley and Lana uh, being interrupted by Rusev and a cake and then further interrupted by Liv Morgan declaring her love for Lana flip flop uh, uh, reverse it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Right. There, there was, watch it. 
Uh, so, well, hey, millions of people have on YouTube. It's crazy how much this thing is blowing up, uh, especially in comparison to some of the other things from that same show. Uh, Alistair Black and uh, uh, Buddy Murphy had a hell of a match on Raw. Um, apparently the 40k views. Uh, yeah, like 40,000 views on day one versus the Liv Morgan uh, interruption, which had like 3 million views on day one or, or something crazy like that. But um garbage so there were three interruptions there was a fake ex-wife of bobby lashley's oh i didn't even hear about that yeah the you know at the end of the day all of this was just standard boilerplate wwe overdone comedy question mark segment yeah um we had Liv morgan make her big return she finally got out of her own bathwater and decided to share that apparently she's an ex-lover of lana's uh, and then Rusev uh, popped out of the cake. No one actually got married by the end of the night. <laughs> the, the wedding did Shocker. not actually occur. What? Um, Are you telling me a, wrestler, a, a, a wedding in a pro wrestling ring yes. did not occur the way uh, it was intended? I, I'm more shocked that, yes, I recognize Rusev came out of the cake, but that no one really went back into the cake. That's that's another pro wrestling trope that was sort Was of any part of the cake real? Um, it looked like the outside of it was definitely frosted. Like there was okay. a fake top that he popped off, but there are other parts of it looked pretty frosted to me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I know some people are saying this is the worst segment in the history of professional wrestling. Uh, you know, the end of the decade on the, on the worst thing they've ever done in that decade and, you know, all these different things. I, I, I sit kind of in the middle. I didn't care for it. It's it's not what I look for in pro wrestling because right. it's really not professional wrestling at all. Right. Uh, in terms of what I'm accustomed to with reference to a WWE wedding, it was right in line with the shit shows that we've had in the past, whether it was the Billy and Chuck wedding, the, the tested Stephanie wedding where it turned out Triple H roofied her and took her through a drive through That's the greatest uh, of all time. Sorry, uh, sorry, Macho and Elizabeth. Uh. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the, uh, Daniel Bryan, the, AJ Lee wedding. Daniel Bryan, AJ Lee wedding. The Don Marie, uh, Al Wilson wedding where Al Wilson died. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tori Wilson's father played uh, a role on WWE <laughs> SmackDown in the early 2000s. Oh, and, boy. And um, the, the uh, I forget who, who it was, something Marshall and uh, Teddy Long wedding where he had a heart attack. Um, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Really? I, wow. again, again, there's just a cavalcade of, of over-the-top ridiculous weddings. Uh, and this was just another car crash. So, depending on how you feel about those past ones, that would dictate how you felt about this one. Again, I, I didn't care for it, but I I saw nothing in it beyond, you know, Liv Morgan getting kind of sidelined as, you know, oh, one of those wacky lesbians. Uh, yeah. That was my only problem with it. Beyond that, I was just like, oh, all right. It's, it's the same shit show that we're accustomed to at this point. That reeks of Paul Heyman late '90s trying to get a shock by using some kind of a gay character, and it's yeah. you know it's 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 a wee bit cheap. Um, it's, it's regressive, is, is it what is. it is. And but again, it's yeah. in line with WWE and right, WWE's, right. I guess, majority of the audience, perhaps. And yeah. I, I, don't I, know. I don't know. Yeah, it did nothing for me, but hey, uh, if you enjoyed it, awesome. If you hated it, well, you probably were going to hate it from the jump anyway. That's the other part in all this. The, it's true. I, 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 yeah, go ahead. 
Now, I was just say, I'm trying to think back, and this is, you know, uh, I guess an example of me being a, a homer for this promotion. But if I'm thinking back to a wedding, pro wrestling wedding that I enjoyed, shocker, yeah. it was the Lucha Underground wedding between uh, John Moore or uh, Johnny Mundo and Taya. Because oh, there's Xavier's food timer going off. Um, that wedding uh, was funny because uh, Famous B, who had gotten his leg broken earlier in the season, was was doing that from wheelchair, uh, which in itself is hysterical. And then yes. you had uh, the Worldwide Underground as a part of it being funny. You had Matanza come out uh, and just crash the whole wedding, threw Taya into the cake and threw a table, and you know it was like. The good it was a good mix of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ridiculousness with violence. This was mostly um, ridiculousness, not a, a fair or good amount of violence to kind of counterbalance it. If you're going to do it, you gotta you gotta yin and yang that bad boy. And it, right. it seemed like it was definitely more uh, more yang than yin. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But hey, speaking of John Morrison. Uh, yeah. He was one of the big returns on SmackDown this week. Uh, SmackDown still – it's so weird to me that even though it's on the bigger network, it still it still feels like the B show. Mm-hmm. Even though there are guys on there like Roman Reigns and, and Braun Strowman, the New Day, you know, these, these quote-unquote top-tier talents, it feels like a B show still. Um, but you know, uh, the Miz, uh, officially is a heel again. Um, we have, did he turn on somebody? I, oh God, I don't even remember. We just cut, kind of cut a promo. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's... Um, I, it, okay. I, I know it's an extension of the whole thing with him and Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan and all of that, but, uh, John Morrison made his return popping up uh, when one of the random interchangeable interview folks in WWE was trying to get a comment right. from The Miz, knocked on his uh, uh, locker room door, and out pops John Morrison. So okay. that's how he got reintroduced to WWE television. I will say that I really loved The Miz and Morrison team. Yes. Yeah. So if, if the direction, as was hinted on Friday, is Miz and Morrison against The New Day... Cool. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm cool with that. I'll watch that match. Yeah, that sounds super fun. Uh, but I don't know. I, I was hoping for something with a little more impact. Pardon the pun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. I mean, and you know, there was speculation he may come to NXT and mm-hmm. have a run down there. But NXT just has so much talent that barely gets a chance anyway. I guess it yeah. makes sense. He's he's a, a at least a recognizable name to people who have watched wrestling in the past 10, 15 years. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, so, you know, it, it makes sense. I thought maybe they would save it for a surprise return into the Rumble, but here we are on a SmackDown, first SmackDown of the new year. He's back. Um, so good. You know, I I, I I like that guy. Obviously, my his time in Lucha Underground helped that. Um, but uh, also returning was uh, the Usos, who yes. came out to help uh, Roman Reigns, who was getting beaten down by Baron Corbin again, probably, yeah, Baron, Dolph Ziggler. Baron Corbin and his lackeys were trying to once again feed him dog food. and Great. Uh, much like the week prior where the fans chanted for the Usos, this time they actually got the Usos. Right. So uh, it, it looks like that's going to be probably something for the Rumble, uh, you know, Roman and the Usos against Baron Corbin and whatever people he has on his side. Cause, Which would uh, keep them all out of the Rumble. In perhaps. theory. In theory. In, there, you know, the, you know it, it, there is a... A precedent of some people working in undercard match earlier in the right. show and ending up in the Rumble. So we'll we'll have yeah. to see how that plays out. Um, 
it's, but then there's also times where you would think that would happen, Daniel Bryan, and then yes, it doesn't, yes. and then the place explodes in in a ball of nuclear hellfire. So yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's really weird right now to look at WWE. I have no idea what direction they're really going to go in for WrestleMania. I don't um, think they do either. So that's part of the problem, right? Like, if you put a gun in my head, I would think at least from the SmackDown side, it would be Roman and Bray Wyatt. Because Roman it, and Bray, have they done yeah. anything with each other yet? Not yet, but it feels okay. like they could probably have Roman either win the Rumble or get another big, you know, title shot through some other means. And then sure. basically you have your top heel versus your top face, which is the yeah, obvious thing. And, and, and once again, another coronation of Roman Reigns is the guy at <laughs> WrestleMania. But it's like on, on the Raw side of the house, I, I don't know. You know, the, the title's held by Brock Lesnar, who isn't around. The top right. feud, which is getting more intriguing right now, is AOP and Seth Rollins against Kevin Owens, Joey Samoe, and what looks like it's going to be Rey Mysterio Jr., which, again, huh. you want you want to talk about a fun six-man tag for the Rumble. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that could be fun. But where, where does that put any of those guys at Mania? Uh, it's not like we, we could run Seth versus Brock again. God no, uh, yeah. There's no there's no clear picture for who it could be for Brock. Even just the people waiting in the wings, you know, yeah. uh, is Braun Strowman on Smack? Braun Strowman's Braun's on, on SmackDown, SmackDown right? yes, as he was dancing with the New Day last week. So. Oh God, yeah, I forgot about uh, yeah, that piece he, of shit. Yeah, he's he's literally Big Show 2.0 now. That's a shame. Uh, could it be a returning Big Show? Is Big Show still under contract? I know he was shooting like a um, uh, sitcom uh, sitcom for Netflix and WWE signed some kind of deal. Yeah. Um. I. I but like you know Lashley. But this whole yeah. thing, he's involved in this whole love quadrangle thing. piece of crap. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, I know the rumor was when Lashley got signed that they were going to do Lashley Lesnar. So. I it's, mean, it's they probably could. Kane uh, uh, Velasquez or or Tyson Fury. I, I was just about to say Velasquez or Fury have not been brought up since Blood Money in the Bank. So you right. know, uh, we'll we'll see. Cool. We'll we'll see what happens there. It's just it's very confusing because I couldn't tell you who would win. Like I, I feel like it's more of a lock, which is funny because she hasn't shown up on you know, main roster programming that Shayna Baszler is going to win the women's rumble and go against Becky. Like, I feel like that, that is more likely to happen than yeah. anything on the raw side. And, and, and the thing I think that's unfortunate is it doesn't feel unpredictable. It just feels like there's nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ooh. Yeah, you're you're right. Everything yeah. else has kind of been exhausted. It sure seems like Becky's going to hold the title until Mania. Yep. I know she's fighting Asuka at the Rumble. She'll probably get her win back after losing mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of led to her coronation at Mania. Yeah. Um, aside from a returning Ronda Rousey, which I have heard zero rumbles about, yeah. uh, no pun intended, um, or rumors, uh, I'm not, uh, not really putting any eggs in that basket. It's yeah. not out of the realm of possibility, but... Not hold my breath on it. Yeah, and, and then there's also the X factor of uh, they have a shit ton of money now. Um, yeah, you know between Fox and and the Saudi deals and and all of that, uh, there are people who they could pull out of the woodwork. I mean, there's the rumors of Edge popping back up at the Rumble this year. John mm-hmm. Cena has done some media interviews lately where he's talked about how he'll always be a WWE superstar and all these things. Okay. So Cena could be thrown in the mix. I mean. If I'm WWE, especially because of the fact that I'm on Fox right now and 
you know, Mania season is supposed to be the peak of that programming, like just start throwing millions of dollars at people to blow it out. It'll be Hogan. Don't worry. He, Hey, he was just on Twitter the other day talking about he's training for one more match, brother. Yeah, I I, I unfollowed him finally. I, I, I want nothing to do with that guy. Yeah, Fuck I don't Hulk Hogan you. forever. I, 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 I don't blame you, but yeah. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of uh, a whole bunch of nothing, that was NXT this week. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, look. It was by design. It was by design. It, it was a clip show of some of the best matches of the year, which if you'd never seen. Probably so it's come heard. to this, yes. an NXT clip show. Yes. So it's probably very entertaining if you had never seen those matches. Uh, we right. got a whole bunch of awards put out there. Um, none for Roddy Strong, though, which uh, <laughs> he, as, as uh, you sent me the, the meme going around, basically making Roddy Strong the Chewbacca of the Undisputed yeah. Era, not getting a medal in the end. Um, so His title. That's true, but uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish were NXT Team of the Year. Adam Cole, NXT Male Competitor of the Year. Shayna Baszler, NXT Female Competitor of the Year. Cole versus Gargano as NXT Rivalry of the Year. Um, yep. Dakota Kai as NXT Future Star of the Year. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, TakeOver War Games as TakeOver of the Year. Uh mm. Yeah, I'm not sure if I agreed no, on that one. I don't know about that, but okay. Keith Lee as NXT Breakout Star of the Year. Uh, uh, Cole versus Gargano, the two out of three falls match from WrestleMania weekend, one match mm-hmm. of the year. And Adam Cole, one overall competitor of the year. Dang. Yeah. All uh, right. So, Adam Cole, Cole had a busy night. <laughs> very busy night. And I don't know if you, I, I know you mentioned you uh, didn't get a chance to catch up with everything this week. Did you see any of uh, the, the NXT clip show? Nope. Not a second of it. The thing that was very weird was when they did the, the with the exception of Keith Lee, who got his uh, award backstage, mm-hmm. the, the uh, awarding of the, these individual awards. They basically announced who it was. They cut to a pre-recorded segment from Full Sail where there was no audience. Okay. The person did their full walking entrance to the ring. With no audience in there? No audience. That was given the award by Regal, who rarely, if ever, said anything. And then some of these people cut, like, a brief promo. To silence! Why couldn't you just do that on the stage where you can fake whether or not there are people in the room? I don't fucking know, man. It, it was really weird. It, it, it just felt odd. I remember in years past, because I was at that takeover, the takeover before the Rumble um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in Philly. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah they, the they, last they announced Rumble in Philly, it not the big one. Yeah, yeah. They, did the, they did them on like the pre-show uh, of that takeover and throughout that show. Um, so people got to do their intro, but it was to a full arena. Yeah. Uh, this, this, that seems really weird and uh, not a, you know, no, n- unless it's like a super special gimmick match you, match, you don't want your people going out in front of an empty arena. That just looks, yeah, that yeah. just looks shitty. It, 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 felt, thinking? it felt very sterile and strange, but the uh, big bit of news from, NXT uh, this past Wednesday was the official announcement of the teams for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic okay. uh, because of the upcoming Worlds Collide event. It's split four and four, four from NXT, four from NXT UK. So okay. from NXT, the Undisputed Era of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, the Forgotten Sons of Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake, mm-hmm. uh, the 
absolute dream team of Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne and Kushida with a mystery partner. Huh. Okay. I mean, Dunn and Bro seems kind of out of left field. Have they had any interactions recently? No. no. It, it seems like every year they kind of, or every Dusty Classic, they they hobble together a team of two solo people. Because I remember Joe and uh, Balor. Joe and Balor won the inaugural one, right? Yep. Yep. That's correct. And, um, then, and then that led actually to the angle that went to their feud, which was pretty dope. But yeah. Right. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So who could the mystery partner for Kushida be? Could it be somebody we haven't seen before or somebody who's been floating around on the roster? I don't know. That's uh, interesting. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, uh, it'd be really cool if, uh, if you ask me for Tazawa to be that guy, but also I just want Tazawa oh, yeah. to have something to do. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think it's going to be, you know, uh, Perfect world scenario, bring back the time splitters, throw an Alex Shelley on NXT TV, but he's right. having too much fun being a free agent guy. Um, so I don't think huh. it's going to be that. Maybe. Um, it depends on what kind of dump truck got backed up to his house. You yeah, know? that's true. That's true. Uh, but uh, just it, it's interesting that they are going with the mystery partner angle with Kushida, of all people. Uh, and then on the NXT UK side, the grizzly young vets of Zach Gibson and James Drake, Gallus okay. of Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, Imperium okay. of Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner, and the team of Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Uh, okay. The Andrews-Webster duo are going against um, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle in the first round, and that Ooh. match should be an absolute banger. Okay, and these are happening on NXT TV. Yes, the the first round, ma- one of the first round matches, if not a few of the first round matches, are supposed to start uh, uh, this week on NXT TV. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so I think, yeah, well, I think there's also going to be a four way for a shot at the North American title. I can't remember everyone who's in it though. Uh, I'd have to look back at okay. it because it was it was a tweet by Regal. I, uh, from what I remember, um, uh, Cameron Grimes was in it and. Um, uh, Baron Corbin's non-union Mexican equivalent as well. Uh, Punishment Mardar. No, that's not his yes. name anymore. Yes. Um, shit, what's his name? Damien Priest. Damien Priest. Yes. That's it. There we go. There we <laughs> the go. The Archer of Infamy for some reason. Yes. Uh, so I, I just want to say sorry, folks, for my, my memory uh, on, on this show. <laughs> A, there's been 10 hours of professional wrestling over the past two days. I've only seen half of it so far. Oh, God. Also... I was at MAGFest all weekend uh, performing at a super-packed, super-art fight show. So uh, my, my right. brain is a bit fried today. Um, yeah. So AEW had their big homecoming edition coming from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida on Wednesday. Absolute course correction show. Yeah. It was all about professional wrestling in the ring and some little cut-in promos here and there. The Dark Order stuff. I wasn't, I'm not going to say it was ignored because it led to the through line of, you know, the actual show. Are the elite still elite? Um, And there was a a little video promo from them where they mentioned an exalted leader. I don't know who that's going to be. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll talk about who the two top theory people are, but it was just front to back. Great pro wrestling. Uh, Whether you had the, the amazing opening match between Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes, uh, Cody Rhodes debuting Arn Anderson as his coach, which is, I did catch that match. Yeah. That that's a weird pairing still to me. They announced it uh, last week. I, I don't really get the why about it. The only moment that I thought was kind of clever was the actual finish, which was Arn signaling to, uh, to Cody to put up the knees when Darby yeah. went for the coffin drop, and that led to the finish. Um, yeah. 
There yep. was I because on watching I, I caught this I caught a glimpse of this live on Wednesday. I texted you about it. Yeah. And I on rewatch I did catch it. At one point, Arn had what looked like you know sheets of paper out like a playbook sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Cody went over to him and like you know he did the old NFL football coach thing of putting the papers over the mouth to cover you know what uh, play or what maneuver or what strategy he just fed Cody mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. So you know I guess that's kind of leading towards the sports presentation of the project. If I'm trying to think of any yeah. why this is happening, that could be part of it. Um, again, Cody certainly doesn't need a promo, man. Not that Arn is super known for, you know, cutting the most blistering promos of all time. He's a good promo, but not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, top tier promo guy. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's it's weird that Cody always needs a second you know, he, like he always why, needs he had extra or brandy here. Yeah, yeah. Like or, or the Bucks coming out with him. Just like, do you, dude? You know, but. We'll see. Maybe I'm sure there's some kind of plan with this. I'm not sure where exactly it's going. Hopefully not with another feud with Sean Spears and, and Tully Blanchard, because that would be the drizzling shits. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. The match was really, really good. So uh, there, there's that. Darby Allen, you know, continues to show nothing but upside. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and hey, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say for a solid three days, they had match of the year. So, you know, good good for them. <laughs> uh, there but, you go. Hey, at least at least they had it. But yeah, it was one of those things where in in my heart, I really wanted Allen to get the win, but he yeah. looked great in a loss. So I, I, I don't think the Allen exper- uh, experiment is done by any means. No. Um, it, again, tying back to that idea of making the elite look like the elite, I get why Cody went over, uh, and also why the elite proper went over in the main event, but we'll talk about that in just a moment or two. Uh, we had a four-way dance for the women's championship, Riho sneaking out a victory, defeating Nyla Rose, Hikaru Shida, and Britt Baker. Uh, this was actually really good. Uh, Nyla Rose looked beastly. Uh, Britt Baker actually looked like she knew what she was doing. Um, <laughs> Hikaru Shida, super over in the building, and I feel like if and when they put the title on her, like, it's going to be right. Um, right. She, she's definitely getting over by leaps and bounds, but I, I like the idea of Riho by way of double stomps and crazy pinning combinations, just finding those moments and ways to, to pull out a victory. Well, yeah, when you weigh 25 pounds, that's really all you can do. So, you know, it's 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 smart. You know, they're not making her look like this dominant sort of thing. She's crafty. She's quick. She's tiny. That's that's the gimmick. And it's it's worked pretty well for her so far. And I did catch the finishing sequence of that match um, as it was going on live. And, you know, a, a couple minutes, you know, a couple turns there, you thought maybe, oh, fuck, it's going to be Britt Baker again. Uh, <laughs> so they, they did a good job of roping, uh, roping you into the match with that. Marvez is backstage with Joey Janela. Joey Janela really didn't get to say anything, though, as he got punched directly in the bad boys by Penelope Ford. And it looks like we are going to get the Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian versus Joey Janela feud that really kind of wrote itself back at full gear. So, again, course correction. Yeah, I know you mentioned you weren't a fan of how they're kind of building it up online. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I I thought it was a little little tasteless. I mean – it, it doesn't need to be as uh, I, overtly I, sexual. Yes. Like, yes. How's my, how's my, you know, how's my dick taste sort of thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like it, it, that type of ridiculousness ties back to why I don't give a shit about the WWE wedding. It's like, this has nothing to do with these guys bettering each other. Like, you know, 
it feels like all the things that they were saying were implied anyway. Right. <laughs> like you didn't need to be overt with it. I don't know. Maybe I'm a prude and I don't know it. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Lighten up, Marty. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, John Moxley had a hell of a match with Trent. Uh, Moxley, of course, going over because he's going to be the guy to go after, I assume, go after Jericho at the Revolution pay-per-view at the end of February. Um, But one of the things that's really cool is there's this ongoing story about how Trent is just a step behind the top tier guys in AEW, which, uh, you know, much like Sheeta in the women's match. Excuse me. It feels like when you know Trent gets that moment, gets an opportunity, gets that big win, the crowd's going to explode for it. It, it. it definitely makes me wish that there was a mid card title in AEW because I think Trent would right. be a perfect guy for that role. Um, plus, we also had the standoff between John Moxley and Orange Cassidy, which could have been amazing if, yeah. if, if given a little bit more time. Um, obviously, of course, even though the match was great. Moxley went over, and that led to a confrontation between Moxley and Sammy Guevara. Guevara cutting a, a really great and funny promo. Uh, stole some guy's popcorn in the middle of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> just Sammy, who I don't know if you've watched any of his vlogs. I've watched two or three here. Sammy comes yeah. off like the nicest guy in the world in real life. Yeah. He is such a great prick heel at the same time. I know. I know. Yeah. When, when I met him at the Lucha Underground season four tapings, he was super nice and, you know, was just happy to that he was doing an interview, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> uh, that was his first like big, you know, national exposure. Um, and then I listened to him on Jericho's uh, podcast. Yeah. And and yeah, he's just, you know, this this kid who just goes out there. He has like the fuck it mentality. He's just going to yeah. go out there and give it all every time. And, you know, being paired with Chris Jericho right off the bat has done uh wonders for his self-esteem and 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 honing uh the craft of of being a shithead because that's you know let's be honest it's one of chris jericho's finer uh assets um so so yeah it's it's a decent listening he gets into a little of the clusterfuck that was season four of lucha underground two in that talk um so it's uh it's a solid solid pod there and speaking of chris jericho chris jericho uh popped up on the video screen during the Moxley Guevara promo and Jericho, who was not physically there because he was on his way to Tokyo, uh, offered John Moxley 49% of Inner Circle LLC and the position of executive <laughs> vice president of the inner circle, a very prestigious title. Yes, uh, yes. No, especially in that organization. That's clever. I like I like that. And I yeah. liked, you know, getting him on the show, even though he wasn't uh, yeah. physically there, furthering that. Because, you know, Jericho is something that draws eyes to the product. Um, so it's, it's funny that he was on his way to Japan, even though Mox had a match the day before him. Yes. It was still there fighting. But, you know, it is what it is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all this led to Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes, which was a really fun match. Dustin looking great as ever. Uh, they they did, they actually did a Canadian Destroyer on the apron. Yeah. which did lead to Taz yelling, that's the hardest part of the ring, yeah. uh, which immediately <laughs> endeared him to me. Actually, I think that may have been where I got it from in the first place, uh, uh, Taz talking about it on SmackDown ages ago. Um, yeah. I, I will say uh, Taz was a really great addition to the show. Um, I, I love Tony Schiavone. I love the I, – I was describing it the other day to uh, someone. I love the um, – 
grumpy grandpa and cool uncle vibes of uh, Jim <laughs> Ross and Tony Schiavone yes. on commentary with Excalibur. Um, but Taz in there gave it that that real sports. It felt like Taz was calling like a football game. Like there, yeah. there, there was a, a legitimacy to his calls and him and Jr. and actually him and Excalibur seem to have a really great chemistry going together. I, by no means yeah. do I want to get rid of Shivani because as I've talked about here, his resurgence has been one of the most enjoyable things of AEW for me. Agreed. I am not sure the best way to handle it beyond, uh, as, as I'm sure some are probably yelling at their podcasting device, boot JR. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a vote down for that. Um, but. <laughs> I, I I just know that I really enjoyed him in that spot. And also, what the hell happened to Golden Boy? I really liked him, and I thought he was supposed to be calling full gear, and we haven't seen him on TV. Well, I think uh, maybe the reaction Taz got uh, from Dark maybe he was like okay this this is uh this is a pairing that that could work and you know maybe he enjoyed it so much that he was like hey yeah. if you need somebody call me so if he becomes you know i know shivani has commitments to uh, other sports mm-hmm. um that he has to miss uh, a couple dynamites for so if taz is the go-to filling guy i mean that's you know you could do a lot worse uh, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no you're 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 absolutely <laughs> correct um, and uh, just a fun note, AEW Dark this week, a commentary by Chuck Taylor. So, <laughs> oh, oh, boy, that should be great. <laughs> yeah, uh, if, if anyone listening saw some of his live tweets during Wrestle Kingdom, that guy has some great observations while he watches the pro rest, let me tell oh, you. Oh, I got to check them out. I tried to. Uh, he deleted, I, I will say he deleted uh, a lot of them, but uh, there there should be screen caps across the web. So Okay. All yeah. Right. Um, we had a backstage segment where Hangman Page, while drunk, was talking shit the private party uh which is okay. actually leading to a private party versus uh, versus page and omega match next week on aew tv which should be really fun um, so are these are they making an angle out of uh, uh page's love of drinking or is that just ca- part of cowboy shit uh i believe it's the former but you could tie it to the latter um okay uh, <laughs> the the whole bit where when Hangman Page was doing I, I don't know if you saw this Hangman uh-uh. Page was doing commentary over the main event and uh, when they showed him in the booth there's a graphic that popped on screen as soon as he took a sip that was like his nameplate but right. at the top because they're doing this like fun fact thing at the top yeah. of, the, of the graphic it just says has been drinking all day <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, it was a holiday. Yeah. So yeah. at least he, he gets a pass for that. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we had a big MJF and Wardlow promo. MJF, again, unfuck with the bull on the mic, uh, getting massive heat in Jacksonville. Uh, I, I watched this on Fight, so I got to see him uh, jawjacking with the crowd before the live promo. Um, okay. Nuclear heat for this guy. Just. Yeah. Just crazy heat, but uh, he revealed his three stipulations uh, to actually make the um, the match happen for AEW Revolution. Uh, so if Cody wants to wrestle MJF, one, Cody cannot touch MJF at all before the show. Okay. If he touches him, the match is off. Match is off. All right. Two, Cody has to beat Wardlow in a steel cage match. Okay. okay, all so right. So we are getting the first steel cage match in AEW. And, and the first I, Wardlow, Wardlow match. match. Yeah, no yeah. pressure. <laughs> yeah, right? I hope this yeah. guy isn't 
fucking terrible. Yeah. And then stipulation three, on a future episode of AEW Dynamite, Cody has to get on all fours and let MJF whip him ten times. Ten lashes. All right. Ten lashes. Okay. All right. That's an interesting uh, S&M turn there. But, hey, uh, whatever MJF is into. Yeah, yeah. We I'm had not a, one to judge. I'm not kink shaming over here. We had a uh, promo from Jurassic Express where they okay. uh, put over Jungle Boy's match and said that 2020 is going to be a massive year for them. And then Marco Stunt tried to get a hug out of Jen Decker and got denied. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, then we bounced back over to Alex Marvez backstage with Riho. Uh, interviewing her about her victory. She was cut off very quickly by Britt Baker, who uh, said that Riho hasn't been there. She's been doing all the work on TV uh, while also being a dentist. So uh, Get out of town. She's a dentist? Yeah, she's a, ten- she's a dentist. So basically, huh. uh, like I said, a little bit of a heel turn going after tiny little Riho for not being in the States and saying she's the women's division. So there you okay. go. All right. And then our main event was the elite of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks against Pac and the Lucha Bros. Just as you would expect, this was an awesome all-out spot fest. Crazy moves, crazy dives, crazy sequences, including fixing one of our problems recently uh, when Penta went to do the Zero Meadow, uh, Zero Meadow with the gloves, uh-huh. uh, and he was going to pull off the glove and toss it. Omega immediately caught the glove and slapped Pentagon nice. right across the face with it, and they went right okay. into their sequence. Phoenix did all sorts of crazy shit, as one would expect, as did Pac, including uh, a awesome Asai Moonsault to the floor. Really great match. The elite went over. Um, so, you know, crowd goes home happy. Cody Who comes got at, pinned? Uh, da, 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 uh, Phoenix. He ate a one-wing angel. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is that the first so, time? Is that the actually first time he's hit a one-winged angel on Dynamite? I think so. I think you're I know right. He's- gone for it a couple times yeah. i don't i know he and i know he hit it on a pay-per-view or two but i don't think i i know he did it, it at dark i know he did it on dark that's how he oh, killed um okay. janela and also um jack evans but i, I okay. can't recall if he did it on dynamite proper beyond this but uh you, you know uh the elite celebrates cody comes out to celebrate with them and then they all ask Paige to join them in the ring and he does not want to, so dissension continues to build in the elite, but okay. we all go home happy on this big New Year show. So the next uh, Dynamite is next week, Wednesday night. It is in Mississippi, but just even though it's Mississippi, it's just outside Memphis, so it's going to be a right. tribute to Memphis legends, which means I, mean, I have no idea who these people are. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. I was looking at the lineup, and I'm like, I, I know of half these people. <laughs> right, right. But I couldn't point them out in the lineup. Um we're also going to finally have the Riho Chris Statlander match for the okay. women's title and the aforementioned private party um, against Paige and Omega match. So, oh, also uh, the Rhodes brothers against the Lucha Bros. So, oh, already yeah. sounded like a pretty good show. Okay, all right, I'm 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 cool with all that. Maybe we'll get a uh, Jericho uh, out there flaunting. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Moxley is supposed to uh, to give his answer. Okay, live and in person. So, all uh, right. Well, uh, it, it turns out we probably won't see uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi on AEW Dynamite yes. this week. Yeah. Uh, so there was a lot of talk going into this weekend. Um, uh, I, I think 
Uncle Dave spearheaded it all by yeah. saying that there have been uh, talks between AEW and New Japan about some kind of partnership. Maybe this is all Tana's doing after saying he wanted to go for the AEW yeah, title yeah. and then Jericho's off, you know, offering a title shot if he beat him. Um, spoiler alert, uh, did not happen. Jericho uh, submitted Tana. We'll get to, you know, the details of that in a, in a little bit. But uh, still, there is a possibility of some kind of working relationship between yeah. AEW and New Japan. So at, at, at uh, the at the very least it it's clear that they can work together, which is you know probably the first good sign considering how yeah. bitter the taste was between the the two companies um from what was revealed today on today's observer radio. Basically Uncle Dave got more into details about things. Um okay. the the integration of the AEW title into the Tanahashi Jericho match uh, was brokered between Tanahashi Jericho, Rocky Romero, and Tony Khan personally. Uh, huh. So that that's where the back and forth happened. Now, what's worth noting is because basically Tony Khan is, you know, where the buck stops creatively. Uh, pardon yeah. that pun. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, he's the one who makes the final decision on everything. Basically, the AEW title was allowed to be mentioned. The AEW title was allowed to be shown. Jericho did come out with it. Um, yep. It was mentioned in the promo. The stipulation was put out there, not just in the press, but officially on the show. Yep. However, the AEW title uh, being uh, or AEW title shot being involved was not mentioned on AEW's website, not mentioned on AEW Dynamite, not mentioned on AEW's social media, all of right. these different things. So basically it, it kind of reminded <laughs> me of like uh, back in the WCW days and uh, rarely but occasionally in the WWF days where there'd be like some sort of working relationship with a foreign company. It's like, oh, there's going to be a defense of this title. We're never going to acknowledge it on television, right. but it's a thing. But, hey, it, it worked out. It got some interest, and I know that Jericho uh, in his um, post-match promo uh, did say that he hopes that this can uh, – I, I think he put it as the forbidden door is now cracked. Yeah, that yeah. was mentioned a couple times uh, on commentary. So yeah. I don't know who came up with that phrase to be used yeah. whether he did backstage and told them to use it because he was going to use it or what yeah but yeah that chris charlton and kevin kelly and rocky romero yeah. and, and gino all mentioned it throughout the course of that match so yeah. it's definitely you know uh, the seeds are being uh sown uh, as it were what's interesting about especially night two of of wrestle kingdom 14 with new japan is that there were uh, title belts from three non-New Japan uh, companies shown and mentioned on mm -hmm. screen. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you obviously had all your New Japan titles, but in the Liger retirement match yeah. between um, Liger and uh, old dude who's named Sano. Sano. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and Ryu and uh, uh, Hiromu. Yeah. Uh, Ryu Lee came out with, I think, is the Ring of Honor TV title yes. that he currently holds. So that yes. was brought out and mentioned on the air. Mm -hmm. Then we had the uh, Rev Pro British title uh, that was defended uh, by ZSJ against Sonata. And then you had the AEW title yep. mentioned and brought out by Jericho. So it's just, you know. Clearly, New Japan is uh, benefiting from from working with all these different uh, companies, which you know gives me a little more hope 
um, that something with AEW could work. But the, the mention of Ring of Honor is still interesting because Ring of Honor sure wants to cling on to still being in a relationship with uh, with New Japan. But we haven't yeah. heard much uh, about Ring of Honor on the New Japan side of things. Yes. Uh, aside from from this being a part of uh, Wrestle Kingdom. So curious to see where where all that stands after this weekend. Yeah. And it's also going to be interesting to see what type of lineups we get uh, for the shows later this month. Yeah. For the launch of NJPW America, uh, so we'll we'll have to see what happens there because you know it, if we see AEW talent for some reason on those shows, that yeah. would tell us something. If we saw Ring of Honor talent on those shows, that'll tell us something else. But let's just break into it. Two nights of professional wrestling at the Tokyo Dome kicked off with a show, or or the show kicked off rather with a bout that was not shown on. New Japan World and not shown on their own streaming service. It was an offer yeah. match from Stardom as Bushy Road now officially owns Stardom, the parent company of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Arisa Hoshiki and Mayu Iwatani defeated Hanakamura and Julia. Uh, the only thing that's really worth noting about this was the crowd was actually pretty into it from what okay. uh, from what live reports say. Uh, another thing worth noting just while we're talking about Stardom is apparently the big thing that Bushy Road's trying to do is they're trying to uh, once the opportunity allows make big money offers to bring Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane back to start. Yeah, who wouldn't want them? I yeah, mean, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's be honest. They're they're two high value, high uh, caliber performers, yeah. and you know haven't I guess Io you know has had a pretty notable presence on NXT. Right. But Io Shirai, despite being in, uh, a WWE Women's Tag Team Champion, is still kind of you know. Yeah, yeah, Ky- Kyrie's yeah. not really getting a, a, a lot going for her. My understanding is uh, also Io Shirai is apparently pretty uh, disgruntled because she's oh, working okay. a lot more than she did in Stardom while making a lot less money. So, ah, yeah, that. yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see because I could also see Io getting a very quick call-up, especially knowing that another company is biting at her heels. Yeah, perhaps Ray's. Yes. So... The pre-show kicked off with uh, Toa Hanare and the LA Dojo boys of Clark Connors, Alex Coughlin, and Carl Fredericks defeating Togi Makabe and the Japan Young Lions. Uh, or sorry, Togi Makabe and uh, Hanma and the Japan Young mm-hmm. Lions of Yu- Yuya, Yuimura, and Yota Suji. Um, Easy was, for you to say. Yes. Uh, this, was, <laughs> this was your basic Young Lions match. I mean, the LA Jojo guys, you know, really look like they know what they're doing out there. Yeah. Uh, Yumura, in particular, looks good out of the, the Young Lions there. I was surprised, actually, that uh, uh, Makabe and Hamna were on the losing side. I kind of figured, oh, you know, the veteran talent mean on that side means they're going to go over. But uh, Hanare was able to take out Suji, and, uh, yeah, a, a nice win to kick off uh, the Tokyo Dome for everybody watching at home yeah i mean it was you know it was it was an exhibition match it wasn't anything superb and you know we've talked about how the the dojo boys and young lions are limited in their move set but they did the best with what they had and you know it wasn't a bad match it was just it was just a match it was fine (laughs) Uh, Uh, then we went on the other uh pre-show match was uh uh, let's see. Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata against uh, Tenkozi of uh, Hiroshi Tenzin and Satoshi Kojima. Uh, 
Yep. Uh, and I gave zero fucks about this match because I really know nothing about any of those four competitors. Uh, also, it's, it's it's a match where you had four competitors and two actually could still work in Kojima and Nagata. Um, Ten- yeah. Tenzan was amazing in his prime, and he was, you know, a very big star for New Japan again in his prime, but he okay. is not where he used to be. And Nakanishi, on his way out, um, I kind of felt like there was a little hint toward the end there that this might be Nakanishi's last year wrestling. He, he had that li- not quite a curtain call. He, st- he got to stay in the ring a little bit longer than the other three yeah. guys. So I, I think uh, Nakanishi might be wrapping it <clears throat> up. But um, hey, uh, if you like the New Japan Olds, this was for you. Yeah, well, speaking of olds, we got uh, we got the olds in the first main show proper match of night one yes. with uh, the the Liger farewell part one. It was uh, Jushin Thunder Liger teaming with the great Sasuke, uh, Fujinami, and Tiger Mask against uh, Sano, uh, Taguchi, Otani, and Taikawa. Yes, um, I didn't know most of the people. Obviously, I've 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 never seen a great Sasuke match. I've heard his name oh, hundreds wow. of times. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, I, you know, I'm relatively new to the world of Japanese wrestling. So yeah. aside from you know hearing his name and seeing where El Generico got the idea for his mask, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know much uh, much else about uh, Sasuke. Uh, but that was fun finally seeing him still doing some crazy shit. Yeah. Like, is obviously Liger. Um, Tiger Mask, you know, I've seen a, a fair amount of from watching New Japan over the past year. Fujinami haven't really. Uh, I know the name clearly, right? Uh, but uh, but yeah, the, the 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 shock to me from this, uh, we all, as in you and I, both picked Team Liger to go over because we expected. Uh, what happened on night two to happen, but yeah. uh, we were both incorrect. And of yeah. all people, uh, Ryusuke Taguchi got mm-hmm. the pin on Liger. I, yeah. I you know, had to imagine this was Liger's call. Um, so it, it was just uh, kind of a shock to me that Taguchi got the pin there because he's, yeah. from what I've seen, mostly a comedy guy. Uh, Taguchi is mostly a comedy guy now. Um, he, okay. he definitely had some some uh, matches in his prime where he was, you know, a, a great worker, even with his ass based offense. Um, um, you know, he, yeah. he, he, shocking he, amount of ass. He, he, he had a hell of a run uh, as a junior tag champion, him and Prince Devitt, the now Finn Balor. Oh, okay. um, so Taguchi can can get it done. I, I think if anything, the logic was Taguchi of the eight guys there, um, you know, still a main time main. Uh, yeah, still guy. still a notable competitor. I mean, yes, Tiger Mask is still full time, but I, I think he's also winding down uh, really more than anything, considering the collective age of this match being somewhere around two to three hundred years old uh it was actually really fun like I, uh you know some of the guys looked super old in the face but like they were in shape they came to work you know like uh, it, it was it was really fun and um you know kind of a, a minor miracle uh but the crowd definitely did not want liger to lose on this show no, but uh, yeah, like you said, it, w- it was a lot more fun than I expected it to be, um, and not not as fun as n- the night two Liger uh, match, which we'll get to. But yeah. you know, still, like you said, shocked me with how uh, those guys really went into everything. So yeah, uh, yeah it was that was that was fun. Um, then we got a uh, what was that? The eighth eight man tag. Mm-hmm. It was Lij of uh, Bushi, Evil, Sonata, and our dude Shingo Takagi mm-hmm. against Suzuki Goon with El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and ZSJ. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, this... 
I uh, clearly am a big mark for for Shingo Takagi over the past year, and the guy got relegated to two tag matches for two nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Obviously, he's still relatively new to New Japan. Uh, He only signed there last year, and I guess this is part of paying the dues, but I just fucking love that guy, and he's such a talent. I was kind of bummed that he kind of got sidelined on a two-night show. You know, you still have to cram people on all these tag matches. Yeah, Yeah. no, I'm with you on that, and um, if anything, you know, that, that's kind of the pain of the, the, especially the two day wrestle kingdom, you know, both days had these multi-man tags where I'm just like, eh, I could give a shit. Yes. It built to Sonata and ZSJ and yes, ZSJ got his finish back over on Bushi cause yeah. Bushi won a, a follow somehow want to fall over him uh, on the road to wrestle kingdom. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was yeah. fine. You know. Submission guy tap out Bushi. Yes, that's uh, pretty much that. at least Shingo didn't need the pin there. Yeah, uh, uh, but you know it it was a less than ten minute long eight man tag. <laughs> you know you you knew what you were getting there. And speaking of of a less than uh, ten minute long eight man tag, uh, we had the Chaos team of Goto, Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Yano. Uh, they took on and defeated the Bullet Club team of Kenta, Bad Luck Fale, Ujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens. Uh, again, it was fine. It was more about building to the Kenta Goto match than anything right. else. Um, but eh, you know, it, it really didn't do much for me. And and also uh if they shot Yoshihashi, Fale, and Yujiro and Chase Owens all collectively into the sun, I would not miss anything. <laughs> I can't say I argue with you uh yeah. one bit on that. So from there we started to get into uh the good stuff. We had yes. uh the uh, IWGP tag team championships up for grabs with the Grills of Destiny, uh Tamatanga and Tangaloa defending against Finn Juice, David Finley, and Juice Robinson. And this was a really fun match. Yeah. Um, you know, the when the GOD really get in there and 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 get cranking on people, it it is really fun to watch. And uh to watch uh Finn Juice, especially um, you know, David Finley took most of the heat, I think, yeah. throughout yeah, most yeah, of the yeah. match. Uh Juice took a really nasty was it a, a back body drop on on the ramp yeah. even before the match even began which yeah. man if that's the start of your two nights at Wrestle Kingdom in high profile matches that dude had a dude had a rough weekend but that could be said for half the New Japan roster really um but the match was fun and um the GOD dropped the tag titles to finish yeah. Juice. So uh David Finley with his big return he's got gold yeah. Juice Robinson onto his second belt in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, I, I, yep. I like we talked about after uh, the the Fighting Spirit Unleashed tour. Uh, Juice Robinson is a guy that I didn't think I would learn to love as much as I have, and I know uh, he's really goddamn entertaining. Like, if anything, this feels like you know a, a gold star uh, rewarding of titles from uh, Gato. Just like, hey, you you done good, kids. Here you go. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know. it, it also freshened things up in the tag division. Really, the the weak point of New Japan is both tag divisions. I don't know why, but uh, I, I I enjoy the junior tag division. I I think they have great teams, but it feels very sterile. It's just like here here are four teams, and these four teams will trade off the belts. Well, yeah, just toss it back and forth. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I get that. I'll I'll leave it out. But at least the matches are. Oh yeah. You know, when yeah, when yeah, the yeah. titles are on the line, you know the guys always go out there and, and put on a match. Absolutely. Uh, after that. We had the first barn burner of the night. Yes. Uh, John Moxley coming back to try and reclaim the title. He never lost, that being the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship held by Lance Archer in a Texas death match in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. And this was about as um, uh, plunder heavy as you could imagine. Yes. Uh, it was. 
it was fun. I mean, you know, Mox clearly has a as a history uh, with with plunder matches. Luckily, there was not a TV uh, explosion in his way or yes. a potted plant in this one. Um, but uh, it was fun. There was some some innovative spots a couple spots in there that you know was like oh shit especially yeah, the, yeah. the final spot where yeah. um uh, mox did a uh, death rider mm-hmm. off the apron into two tables two yeah, japanese side tables by side. Yeah. side by side set up outside the ring and archer did not land in a good way right there yeah, uh, yeah. that was that was brutal uh, it, it was a really basically uh, if you are a fan of WWE style hardcore plunder matches, this was like the perfect version of it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Th- this was that style of match. I mean, to the point where they had kendo sticks, you know, it was yeah. it was that type of match uh, perfected. And, uh, you know, Mox looked like an absolute beast. Uh, Archer looked like nearly indestructible <laughs> yeah. um it, it, you know rising tide raised all ships there and mox had the u.s title back which meant we were going to get the big rematch between him and juice on night two but about that there was something extra that happened hmm we'll get into it uh iwgp junior heavyweight title and for about 90 minutes the match of the year <laughs> <laughs> Hiromu takahashi the big return getting his title that he never lost back defeating will osprey in just under 25 minutes and that's 25 minutes of just balls to the wall insane craziness uh goddamn i love this match If, if you like bleeding edge absolutely ridiculous like redefining what pro wrestling is style work you know if if, yeah. you, if you aren't the type of guy that's like why aren't they working a hold <laughs> like if you just want to see two guys go all out and, and innovate that's what yeah. this match this match was and and i mean even from the jump it felt big time both guys coming out with the craziest gear either one of them has ever had like i know that, that was that was a that was kind of a connective tissue for all the big matches uh over yeah looking weekend uh, after kind of a, a a down year last year in terms of the pageantry pageantry was way up this year um yeah, uh Takahashi coming out in the craziest jacket I've ever seen. Will, Will Ospreay's uh, Assassin's Creed cosplay has never looked better. Um, they they looked like superstars from the jump, and then they proceeded to have one of the craziest matches ever. It, it, to describe the spots in this match would sound like we're crazy people. <laughs> like, yeah, like, no, it's true. They're both cats, essentially. They are. They are. And, and the rumor coming out of this is that... Uh, at some point in the match, Osprey either sprained his ankle or broke his heel, which what? makes yes, which makes the entire match even crazier. Wow, that's wow, that's that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, because uh, the the things that they were both able to do um, throughout that, I like I said, we we can't really describe anything that happened because there really aren't. I don't know the words for half the crap, um, but yes. you know there were there were finishers abound. We had stormbreakers, we had ice cutters, we had hidden blades, we time had time bombs, bombs and then yeah. we had a time bomb too, uh, which was uh, you know once uh, I don't remember if it was Rocky or Chris said something throughout the match of they were talking to Hiromu and they said he came up with a with perhaps a new finisher, and then I yeah. was like okay that's that's going to be the that's going to be the finish for sure, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I can't even describe what 
it was, but it was uh, a sight to behold. And, um, and yeah, Hiromu back on the top of the junior division. And, and I will say, if you were like me, worried, I mean, last week, or sorry, two weeks ago, took a lot of that worry away. But if yeah. you had any worries, would Hiromu Takahashi be 100%? Uh, I'm going to say he's at 110%. Uh, he looks like he hasn't lost a step. If anything, it looks like he's learned <laughs> a bit yeah. more. I mean, he looked like a, he looked in great shape. Uh, actually a lot of guys on the show did, I guess the, the, the wrestle kingdom, uh, want to, uh, get in good shape was there looking at you, Nido. Holy crap. Um, well, the, uh, Tana did a, um, like a bodybuilding challenge yeah, 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 with yeah. a lot of the roster. Yeah. So like show and yo both jacked, Super um, yoked. The- yeah, the funniest uh, part of like the photo uh, Tana posted was, uh, of course, Taguchi sticking his gut out yes. uh, in, in, the, in the whole thing. Um, but uh, there were a couple other people um, who took part in that. But yeah, everybody, I mean, Tana looked amazing yeah. on, on night two, fully ripped, full six to eight pack, um, just 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 craziness uh, in, in terms of the fitness there. But yeah, Hiromu, uh, I don't know if, I feel like, he was probably ready to come back in August or September, but yeah. took the extra time to, you know, strengthen up and get his conditioning up because he was going full bore the whole, t- whole time. And yeah. it was, uh, it was a sight to behold. Fantastic, fantastic match. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, a few years ago, Tanahashi uh, made a, a statement to the press where he said he thought that by the time Will Ospreay was 30 years old, he was going to be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Ospreay's 27. Yeah, <laughs> and he's already in the he's already in the uh, the bottom of the list. He's yeah, working yeah. his way up. Yeah, exactly uh, for all time. Yes. You know? Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's, it's insane to to see where he's gone from being the guy who did the crazy spots with Ricochet. I mean, yeah, we talked about it last week, but this just underlined it. Like that dude's on another level. Um, then we had the IWGP Intercontinental Title match. Tatsuya Naito getting his belt back, taking out Jay White. Um, I will say that this actually worked for me a bit more than it seems to have for other people. Uh, it, it did start slow. I, I will say that. Well, it's Naito. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Naito. He's got to warm up. Um, yeah. But uh, I I really enjoyed this by the end. Um, you know, we've we've talked a lot on this show about how Jay White somehow is a really effective heel without doing anything doing cool. a lot yeah. yeah and 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 this was kind of like the perfect version of it crowd lost their shit when Nido won uh which yeah. is what you want and the finish was really dope and uh kevin kelly yelling destino i know it makes some people on the internet cringe it makes me really happy because you can tell he's he's super stoked about it every time he is but it's when 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 uh when Nido's hitting like three or four of them in a match and he's Fair. doing the long Destino every time, it does start to grade a little bit. Uh, I really enjoy Kevin Kelly and what he's able to do with New Japan commentary. Yeah. Um, and the team they had, um, just just to mention that Kelly yeah. Gambino, Chris Charlton, and Rocky Romero, yeah. just a really for a four man booth. Yeah. It was as smooth and as good as as you could imagine. All those guys, you know, pros, everybody playing their part, um, you know, really well. Obviously, Kevin doing the play by play, Gino being the uh, the, the the shithead, uh, Chris Charlton bringing the knowledge and the history, and, and Rocky being the you know uh, 
past slash current competitor who brings that edge mm-hmm, to it. Mm-hmm. It's a perfectly balanced booth and they work really, really well together. It made yeah. the whole show, the whole 10 hours, you know, a lot more uh, bearable. Not not bearable, but e- easier to digest. Let's yes. put it that way. Yeah, yeah. They're, for From something where when it started, I was like, I don't know, you know, is US commentary really like the best thing? And I, mean, I understand why they did it from the jump. Um, I, I just remember, especially when it started, I think it was Jim Ross and Matt Stryker or something. I was just like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. But uh, over the years, they've redefined the teams. And, and you know, coming off of G1 last year, I, I that's where I really started to get into the, the U.S. commentary team. And like you said, yeah. uh, granted, I've only seen night one so far. Right. Uh, really enjoyed what they did. But, hey, let's talk about the main event of night one. Uh, Kazuchika Okada did it, man. He... He uh he retained the IWGP heavyweight title and had I'm just gonna say one of the greatest matches I've ever seen with Kota Ibushi. It oh. was just a a stunning um display of guts, toughness, yeah. and neck durability. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's the you know uh the amount of punishment both those men endured in that match um some of the angles of those suplexes and 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 uh clotheslines and <laughs> or and, or that one moment where abushi landed himself on his neck while doing yeah, uh you know a spiked kick. himself yeah yeah uh all all those sorts of moments the fact that either of those men could walk out of there yeah. is uh is astounding but in between all of the crazy spots, the story um, they told was just fantastic and captivating. And yeah. I, was, I was literally sat on the edge of my seat watching that match. It was, yeah. it was fucking fantastic. Uh, but at, at, in the end of it, Ibushi let his emotions get to him. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he got mad. He got angry. He lost focus. Rainmaker always has his focus. And and yep. uh, just to double back real quick, how amazing was his entrance with like the the projection behind him? And, yeah. And, oh my god, uh, that's that's some cool shit right there. But yeah. um, the the finish was wild. Uh, basically, Okada went for I think it was like the fourth Rainmaker of the night or something like that. Went for yeah. the Rainmaker, misses. Abushi hits a V trigger. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Goes for the Kamagoye, does not get it. Then we get, uh, was it turned into the pile driver and then another Rainmaker, or was it just missed and then Rainmaker? I don't, I don't remember. Well, whatever I've, seen a, it I've, was. Seen, I've seen a lot of pile drivers and Rainmakers yes. over the past two days. <laughs> yes. Uh, all, all I can say is, oh, yes, it was It was the block on the Kamagoye, then sit out Tombstone, followed by that okay. fifth Rainmaker for the one, two, three. Um, you know, the, the Okada is unreal man like I, I like uh, and, and again we talk about you know uh pro wrestlers in their age okada's 32 most pro wrestlers hit their prime 35 36 yeah Where, well you know if he continues at this pace it's a double-edged sword because yeah. these are very physical matches um yeah. and they do take their talk look at ishii <laughs> look at how ishii walks around now right um right. so you know i obviously don't want that to be okada in 10 years but uh yeah. Luckily, I feel like he he kind of um, reins it in and really goes balls out when he has to. And this was uh, definitely a balls out situation. Um, and and he didn't. Bushi, man, you know, the the strikes 
that Ibushi was throwing at mm-hmm. Okada to the, when he was like, you know, went to his dark side and, you know, had the uh, looked like he was about to go kill some fucking young yes. ones in Jedi Temple. Yes. Yes. Um, it was it was fucking just brutal. Like the, the sound of those closed fist strikes on Okada were just out of this fucking world brutal. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was crazy. It was a hell of a match. And then after the match, Okada got confronted by Naito. A little bit of shit talking where Naito said, hey, what I tell you two years ago? I told you I'd be back. And sure enough, they were going to be facing 101 in the second night of Wrestle Kingdom. I have not seen any of this. Like I said, I've, I've read what happened. I saw some GIFs. I saw some clips. <clears throat> so yeah. let's get into it. The pre-show kicked off in the wee hours of this morning. Uh, yeah. For the never open weight six-man titles, we have uh, – it was a gauntlet. We have brand new champions in yeah. LIJ. Yes, as evil Shingo and Bushi have belts. Yeah, finally, finally gave uh, Shingo some gold. So you know, and Bushi was... got some too. Has he never had any kind of gold before? I, I think he held the the junior title uh, at at some point. Okay, but right. I mean, come on, yeah. Bushi got a belt. It it is funny, but Bushi's you know a solid hand in the he ring. Is. I mean, Don't he's not Bushi. like he's not a bad wrestler. He's just he's just fall guy Bushi. Yeah. Um, but now he's belt guy Bushi. I, I did skip the first part of this match. I, yeah. I fast forwarded until LIJ came in the match. <laughs> and I, I watched without both nights. I watched without going on Twitter and going. I was I, I didn't do Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Reddit. Yeah. I stayed off everything to not be spoiled. Um, and I, I, I will say it kind of made the experience a lot better than 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 going in knowing what happens. Because instead of waiting for, you know, what you already know to happen, to happen, right, you're, right, right. You, you know, you get caught into the match a little more. Uh, but, yeah, the uh, LIJ. Uh, had a very fruitful weekend bullet yeah. club not so much um but we'll get into that feud uh a little bit later on yeah. but yeah the, the match was was fine it's what you wanted for uh for a, a, a trio's gauntlet match on the pre-show nothing yeah. uh nothing completely uh extraordinary but uh after that the the show proper kicked off with the Liger farewell retirement match, the final match, part two of it, it was uh, his handpicked opponents of Hiromu Takahashi and uh, Ryu Lee uh, against Liger and um, Nuki Sano. Naoki? Naoki. Naoki. Yes. Uh, yeah, I can't read. Yeah, so I, how I How was that? Uh, I did see that uh, Ryu Lee had some dope entrance gear. Uh, he did. A, he had like a Liger inspired mask that he yeah. wore down. Hiromu wore the same thing he did the night prior, which right. is still fantastic. His Technicolor uh, dream coat, yeah. Yes, with feathers. <laughs> it was like it was like Elton John's Technicolor dream coat. Essentially, it was a uh, super flamboyant. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, but the match was great. I mean, um, uh, Hiromu and and Liger just ran at each other and started beating each other up at the at the start of the match. It was yeah. it was a much more physical match than the night prior. Um, and you know there were topes and 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 surfboards and all kinds of uh, you know. He did the hits, which everybody loved. Um, but uh, but Hiromu and uh, uh, and Ryu Lee got. It's going to be weird calling him Ryu Lee. I have to get used to that. Yeah. Excuse me. But uh, they got the uh, Hiromu got the pin on Liger, mm-hmm. and you know showed his respect uh, on the way out. Liger just kind of laid there soaking it all in. Um, afterwards, oh, and I uh, uh, forgot to mention that uh, Fujiwara was in his corner. Yes. Uh, throughout the whole thing, he uh, of the with- armbar. 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who trained uh, Liger yes. way back in the day. Yes. Uh, also trained uh, Minoru Suzuki, apparently, and, and a whole bunch of other people as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Minoru Liger. Suzuki, eh? hmm. I, I, I believe that's what uh, Chris Charlton said. I wonder if Suzuki's going to come back up later. Huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely don't skip over that match. Uh, it def- and it got me uh, got me a little emotional towards the end. You know, yeah. he did his. He did his farewell. Hiromu paid his respects. Uh, Ryu Lee really yeah. spent extra time, you know, doing the whole bow and giving him his his Liger inspired mask, which was a mask he wore over his regular mask. Yeah. Um, and you know that. And then uh, Sano, Sano, Sono, Sano, Sono, Sano, Sano, S A N O. It's like sitting down here, and I need a new prescription, and it's like white on black. But anyway. <laughs> And then uh, he cut a little thank you promo, yeah. and they played the music the last time, and it got me a little, you know, it was a little, little, little tear coming down. Yeah. Uh, Tomorrow, as, New as Year's Dash is going to be the big uh, in ring ceremony. In ring ceremony, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure there won't be a, a dry eye in the house. Yeah, um, but, just a legend. Yeah, I mean, there. It's going to be weird to know that there's pro wrestling without Liger, for as much as Liger has been a New Japan guy. Yeah, he's popped up everywhere, man. Uh, and he was in fucking. He was on a takeover for yeah. He, he was on a takeover. He's been Ring of Honor. He, yeah. you know, uh, just all these random spot shows, different countries over the years. Like just seeing oh. some of the different people thanking him for working with them. Like I, I didn't realize that Alistair Black had a match with Jushin Liger. I, right. I, you know, I forgot that he and Marty Skrull had a match in Rev Pro. Like you know, all all these different yeah. people, and you know, they're they're. He's the only guy like him, you know. There, there's, there's yeah. never going to be another one. So, uh, and Arby's, Arby's, yeah, too, Arby's, great, uh... Arby's showing the love. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, suck it, Wendy's your second place. You didn't mention Liger. <laughs> so one of the matches I am uh, most looking forward to watching uh, is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Title Match, where Rapungi 3K of showing Yo regained the tag belts, defeating the Bullet Club's El Fantasmo and Taji Ishimori. How is this, Chris? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Ishimori. He's probably my favorite uh, member of the BC um, currently, and uh, I'm, I'm team 3K all day. Uh, it was it was really fun. I mean, they worked over show for the majority of the match, um, and they had some really fun and funny sort of shithead heel moves uh, involving back rakes and trees of woe and stuff like that. It was, you know, it, it was, it, it was fun and exciting. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, the, I've, I've picked up to the style of uh, of New Japan finishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, trying uh, trying the the finishing reversals, trying the opponent's finisher right. sort of thing, turning it back into your finisher sort of bit. Um, obviously saw that a fair amount this weekend. Uh, it's kind of a, a staple of what they do over there. But right. uh, the match was was really fun, and uh, 3K gets the win. I don't remember which uh, uh, guy got pinned. Uh, I think it was LP. Uh, yeah, according to um, according to the recap on the Observer site, which I have in front of me, show hit the shock arrow on ELP. Yeah, but it wasn't just a shock arrow. It was like a double stomp into the shock arrow yes. sort of thing. Yes. So it's yeah. kind of like what it's, uh, Pentagon of Phoenix do yes. uh, to, yeah, to yeah, an yeah. extent. Um, so, yeah, very, very fun match. Definitely uh, don't sleep on that one. Uh, from there, we went on to the uh, Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship, ZSJ and Sonata. Yeah. Um, this was 
fun right out of the gate because you know sonata really showed that he could keep up with zsj and his uh catch wrestling uh style um and it was uh just a shit it was like probably the most reversals i've ever seen in a match (laughs) i i seem to recall and and maybe i'm i'm incorrect i think these two had a match on the first night of g1 in dallas I, I think it was those two against Maybe. each other that I recall really liking. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that this was good. I mean, Sonata yeah. is one of those guys on the cusp. Um, and I'll, I'll talk more about him when we wrap up the show, uh, talking about, you know, what okay. directions we think things are going What's next. In. Yeah. Um, I was a little surprised that Saber won. Like uh, on paper, I was thinking, oh, okay, Sonata will win. And then, you know, they'll do a title change back at RevPro or something like that. Um, yeah. But no, Sonata went down, and and Saber Saber continued on uh, after a whole bunch of fun Britishy reversals. I'm sure that's exactly what it was. It was yeah. he tried to do his uh, when he like leans back over you for the pinfall yeah. sort of thing, and then Sonata reversed it to try and do it, but then yeah. ZSJ reversed it again, and then got it. So it wasn't like a definitive knockout or submission mm-hmm. sort of thing. It was one of those fluke sort of roll ups, but uh, that's kind of ZSJ's bread and butter. Um, but it was a it, w- it was a fun match, and uh, yeah, I picked that one correct. Just to rub it in your face. Yeah, it's okay. Um, <laughs> then for the IWGP US title, John Moxley, Juice Robinson, Mox retains the belt. How yeah. was that one? It was fun. I mean, really everything was good, uh, from here on out. Uh, yeah. not, not, a, not a stinker in the bunch. Um, Juice and Mox, you know, th- there was a fair amount of history going back, uh, between these two guys over the past year. And it was, it was played on throughout the match. Juice held his own, uh, in a hard hitting style against, uh, against Mox at one point did the, uh, Mox was running in with the chair and he did a left hand of God into the chair, into Mox's face, oh, wow. which had to hurt like a motherfucker. Um, but still, uh, hit some strong strikes throughout. It was, it was good. And Mox, uh, Mox retains the gold so yeah good 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 match yeah so two death riders got the finish for Mm -hmm. mox and no sooner did mox's hand get lifted up than kaze ninare hit in the tokyo dome and right there the the, the place went i'm sure you were doing cartwheels in your apartment chris and you don't strike me as a man who knows how to cartwheel i am not not. the cat was very confused (laughs) minoru suzuki calling his shot popped up in a tracksuit tore that some bitch off on the way down to the ring and went right up into the face of moxley threw a rear naked choke hit the gotch style pile driver and uh Suzuki cut a promo where he said, quote, he's the king of pro wrestling. And if Moxley want to fight, Suzuki will be the king of the United States. All hail King Suzuki. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got my vote. It's not yeah. a voting situation as a king. I know that. But he's got my vote. What was the one thing we wanted out of G1 that we didn't get, Chris? Suzuki and Moxley. <laughs> and what are we getting now? Moxley and Suzuki. Fuck yeah, man. Holy hell. Shit. Yeah. Give me it now. Yes. yes. <laughs> I need it. Uh, never over open weight championship match. Goto going against Kenta to try to get that gold. Choke artist Goto didn't choke this time, folks. We have a new never open weight champion. Goto wins yeah. in just over 16 minutes. How was this beyond the fact that I assume Goto's theme, which as we learned live is an absolute banger, was even more of a banger in the Tokyo Dome. 
truly was. What was weird to me is I, I figured Shibata would come out in uh, Goto's corner, but he was not there at all. No, uh, of course, he was mentioned throughout the, the course of the match and the story that played out, but no, uh, no Shibata. So at that point, I was like, well, maybe because I, I didn't know how it was going to go. I picked Kenta to win um, and retain because it's fucking Goto. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Goto pulled it out. This was a hard hitting match. Um, a lot of. Uh, a lot of crazy strikes and chokeholds and 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 things of that nature. Um, Kenta really laid in the Goto at a couple points. I'm like, he was getting some serious heat on the guy, but uh, they they made their comeback and a lot of uh, really fun, hard hitting strike exchanges, which is kind of the style of the never open weight championship. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Goto pulled it out, hit the uh, a variation of the GTR. I think um, uh, Chris called it a GTW. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was a it, it was a good match. Shocking finish for me, but um, but yeah, solid solid hard hitting affair. Speaking about shocking finishes in the losers match of the double title dash, Jay White defeated Kota Ibushi in just about twenty five minutes. Yeah, so this match. Um... From what what I read, it sounds like it was basically a Gato loves Southern wrestling special. Yeah, it was overbooked the fuck. Uh, there were uh, multiple ref bumps, at least two, maybe three. Brass knuckles um, at a point? Brass knuckles, chairs. Um, it was it was a bit much. And here's the thing. Jay White is a talented wrestler and a great character. Mm-hmm. But his matches, you know, being a heel and having Gato as the second are just so interference heavy. It kind of... Mm-hmm. it takes him down another notch. Um, and it's a shame because he's, you know, as we talked about earlier, he's a, he's a great worker and the character he's kind of got down, which is a weird knife perverty sort of thing, but it yeah. works for him and the style that he's established with this character works. But the, the all the, the interference and ref stuff and Gato and brass, it's just, it's too much and it brings it down. Now that being yeah. said, Ibushi, you know, definitely uh, worked a style similar to the night prior, mm-hmm. um, went to his crazy place um, and, and did some, some really vicious uh, shit to Jay White, yeah. Uh, but still couldn't uh, still couldn't pick up the W thanks to thanks to Gato. Um, so what's curious to me is, you know, what's what's the Kota Ibushi Kota Ibushi story in 2020? Yeah. Is it him furthering his path down the dark side? Because mm-hmm. um, maybe that's the way he sees that that's the only way he can capture the title, or is it this kind of um, self-realization that I went 0-2 in the Dome and I have to figure myself out again yeah. uh, kind of redemption story. So it could go either way. Clearly, we don't know what the fuck they're yeah, going to do yeah, with yeah. it, but it, it, it's at least interesting and open. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see where, where, where that heads, where Jay White heads next. Um, Bullet Club did not have a great weekend. Uh, so I, well... I think that was... well. Well, you know, we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, that was the only uh, match that I think the BC won all weekend. Yeah, I, <laughs> and I will say uh, again, as we as we sort of talk about the postscript, Jay White winning this match, I think, gets him a title shot in the New Beginning tour. So okay. that could be an interesting factor to where things go starting Monday, and again, oh, okay. we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, 
after this was the uh, possible AEW title shot match, Chris Jericho against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, I got to say, this was the match I was, on paper, really excited about, but also was a big question mark to me. I didn't know how the styles of Tanahashi and Jericho were going to mesh. You know, uh, if, if anything, um, Jericho's better matches, because, you know, the Okada match was okay. Um, Jericho's better matches in New Japan have been guys that can either brawl or do crazier shit around him. Tanahashi isn't necessarily that guy, but Tanahashi also seems... I feel like Tanahashi could carry me to four stars. So, you know, yeah. I, I <laughs> he probably could. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I wasn't sure what Jericho we were going to get, what Tanahashi we were gets. It looks like it was a pain maker that came out, but uh, mm-hmm. Chris, how was the match itself? I, in, in terms of their styles meshing, I, I think somehow it did. Um, okay. And I don't know if that's just, you know, countering the high five flow into a code breaker talking, um, which mm-hmm. is makes perfect sense. Um, but, you know, the, there was a video prior to Tana coming out of him, you know, beating up uh, painmaker like yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and putting on a hat and like playing with a band, in this weird small bar in Japan or whatever. Right. It was fucking weird. But, right. you know, he kind of uh, adapted himself to painmaker style, not mm-hmm. full on brawl, but um, the, the styles complemented each other. I mean, it's not the best Jericho's ever looked, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think was as good if not maybe a hair better than the okada match because the styles synced up a little more than you'd think right on right on well jericho ended up winning uh yeah with, shocked me uh with the high angle version of the lion tamer my personal favorite yeah. version of the lion tamer uh tanahashi tapped out clean uh, really not what i was yeah. expecting because uh, i don't know where jericho's going next um again he he said some stuff in the post-match uh presser uh about how he uh a hopes to broker things between AEW and New Japan, but also how uh, he will be back for next year's Wrestle Kingdom if it's up to him. So uh, I I don't think this is the end of Jericho in New Japan. And who the hell knows? Maybe he's still in Tokyo right now waiting to pop up on New Year's Dash. Speaking of dashes. Yes. Certainly a possibility. uh, The double gold dash, Chris. Yeah, the big finals. We have the combined IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion. And after... Seven years of storytelling. Tetsuya Naito finally got his big win over Okada in the Tokyo Dome. In the main event, yeah, yeah. it yeah. was uh, it was a, it was a hell of a match. Um, we, I guess this was kind of the, the the way the story had to be told. But Naito was kind of working baby here, uh, yeah. which which is weird because uh, Okada had to get really vicious and did this, uh, you know, attack outside the ring and was attacking uh, the left knee of Naito that was injured the night before in the match with uh, Jay White. And he did this uh, sort of weird. I don't I don't even know how to call it. It's like a he had uh, the left leg up of Naito and threw him over the barricade. So his left knee slammed down onto the table and it looked uh, brutal. And that was kind of, you know, you can you, you kind of saw a glimmer in Okada's eyes of okay let's you know this is how I yeah. have to do this to yeah get he, through. he he saw blood <laughs> yeah pr- pretty much um so he you know kept focusing on that throughout the match especially after the point where the first couple rainmakers didn't put away uh, Naito uh, but it was a lot of uh, a lot of rainmakers a lot of Destinos uh, at one point 
Naito uh, pulled out the uh, Stardust press or yeah, star his, his old finisher. Yeah, uh, which the place went fucking nuclear for. I mean, you know, the the it was kind of even in terms of cheers and jeers at first, uh, mm-hmm. but throughout the match, you could definitely tell the Tokyo Dome was on the side of Naito, and yeah. when when it was paid off, uh, they went fucking unglued. And you know, I don't know if this was just Okada selling, but he kept ha- he had his like arm over his eyes. I don't know if he was fucking uh, crying out of emotion or pain or just selling. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But um, and that was Okada, not even Naito, who did it. But uh, yeah. the match the match was really good. I don't. I don't know if it was as good for me um, as the Ibushi match mm-hmm. um, with Okada, but I am also more of a fan of Ibushi than I am Naito, and I haven't been watching New Japan the whole seven years this whole story's right, right, been told. Right, right. So I don't have all that investment going on for me. I, of course, I know of the story and, you know, Naito, you know, getting voted out of the main event into the sub-main event, and then, you know, yeah. his his uh, tenuous relationship with the Intercontinental Championship. Um, but, you know, it, it was still a hell of a payoff. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, I think the Ibushi Okada a match was was a hair better yeah so naito wins naito cuts a big promo he says to okada hey maybe we'll do this again okada threw up the uh ingarbonable fist which that was I, a great moment which a nice little touch there yeah got both his belts he's addressing the crowd he says hey flip the script he'll never forget the weekend step into the futures uh with two belts he's talking about the lij guys uh interestingly enough one of those guys doesn't have a belt we'll talk about that in a minute goes to do his big chant and here comes kenta yeah man fucking nuclear heat bro (laughs) kenter 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 kenta comes in throws some forearms pk hits a go to sleep and picks up both belts and sat Shibata style on Naito's chest. One yeah, guy who made the save was Bushi, by the way. Yeah, I was like, where the fuck is everybody? Come yeah, on. Yeah. But uh, Kenta took this massive moment and was given all the heat for ruining it. Oh, man. I mean, you know, he just dropped the uh, the Never title, so it makes sense for him to go uh, for one of these. He has pretty much been booed in New Japan ever since... <laughs> his return mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so they're you know leaning into it even more than they already were in terms of of that and there's you know i don't think there could have been any other way to get more heat than what they did aside yeah. from shooting somebody point blank in the face in the middle of the ring yeah. uh this is as close to that as, as you can get on a company that owns uh you know a whole bunch of other things too yes, so yeah uh yeah hell of a moment i mean they you know the crowd was just booing like just Fuck Kenta. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the out-of-towners, the locals, everybody uh, was was not about it. So it's a good piece of business right there. Uh, you know, Bullet Club LIJ Warfare uh, is on the horizon. Yeah. Um, and but, but there's like some you question said, marks. Yeah, there are some like, question marks. Everybody except for one person within Los Ingobernables de Japón has some gold around his waist. That one person being Sonata. Yeah, and Sonata definitely has had his eyes on the IWGP heavyweight title this past year. Yeah. So uh, are, are they going to remain tight? And talking about groups that may have some issues, uh, Kenta going straight for those double titles. Uh, that was supposed to be Jay White's double title. Yeah. Those were supposed to be his belts. 
Jay White did win a title shot by beating Ibushi here. I uh, can't imagine things are happy in the Bullet Club, especially when you look at the fact that uh, Kenta bu- busted out a brand spanking new Go to Sleep Club shirt. Don't know what that's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, things are getting shaken up. Things are changing. Hiromu's back. So uh, we got another shot in the arm for the junior heavyweight division. Uh, the rumor yep. is that Osprey's going to be moving to heavyweight full time. So that's okay. another guy you can have in the mix. Uh, don't know if Jericho's going to pop back up. I mean, all eyes are on tomorrow's New Year's Dash show. It's basically the Raw after Mania for New Japan. And yep. um, after two historic nights, you know, uh, that. This is the opportunity to do some crazy off the wall shit. Like, I mean, just throwing out some random things. Where's where'd Archer go? You know, uh, yes, he yeah. got killed by Mox, but where'd he go? Uh, uh, it was interesting not to see him. Also, is Suzuki getting involved because of Archer being taken out, or is Archer kind of on his own now? Um, yeah, Suzuki and Mox sounds amazing. When and where are we going to see it? What's going to happen? Uh, you know, are Juice and Mox done? Uh, yes, uh, it looks like it's been pretty definitive wins for Mox over Juice, but I have a feeling that Juice wants that U.S. title again. I mean, there, there's so many options. There's so many things that can happen here. Um, I'm, I'm just excited to see what happens. And uh, most importantly, will Kota Ibushi moonsault nude off the top of the Tokyo Dome next year? What do you think, Chris? I mean, I'll book my ticket right now if that's happening. <laughs> and I'll be waiting down there with open arms and open mouth. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> the Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to the Rough House at patreon.com slash the Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Do you have a little wrestling fan who's just bad at math? Are you worried they won't get their multiplication tables this year? Well, Booker T is here to help you with learning math with Booker T. Bob Tap! Bob Tap! Bob Tap! Booker T will help you with your multiplication like what? Bob Tap! 25 is. Or what? Bob Tap! 8 is. If you order now, we'll throw in another educational tape for you. Learning fractions and percentages with Scott Steiner. So, small Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance. Minus my 25% chance, and you've got an eight and a third chance of winning. That's learning math with Booker T. And if you can't learn math with Booker T, you are definitely a sucker!